0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. morning. It's a good morning because it is God's morning. It is God's morning, therefore we rejoice and we come to praise and glorify him. Whether we are gathered here in the sanctuary or gathered virtually through the miracle of the internet, all are welcome, all are part of God's family. Let us be called together to worship then as we read responsively from the 146th Psalm. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. Who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. Friends, let us worship God.
1: The scriptures remind us that nothing in heaven or hell and life or death can separate us from the love of God through Jesus Christ. So I wonder if you come today feeling that you're the exception. You aren't. We all need a place to lay our burden down. So let's lay it down together in confession. Gracious God, in the company of your people, we confess our sins to you. We have been angry and impatient, complaining about the faults of others and failing to see our own. We have been lazy and selfish, neglecting the interests of others and pursuing our own. We have been faithless and unworthy, ignoring the strength you offer and relying upon our own. God of mercy, You have promised to forgive those who truly repent. Help us to accept your forgiveness and dwell in us by your spirit. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. Nothing can separate us. Why? Because Jesus Christ died and Jesus Christ is alive again. And in his name I declare to you, My friends, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. of Christ be with you. Also with you as we prepare to greet each other we'd like to invite a fifth grade and younger to meet their Sunday school teachers in the back and if you are fifth grade and up and you'd like to go to our youth group this meeting even now in the youth room let's turn and greet each other
0: You know how they say that when you are with someone who is laughing, that it sort of makes you happy and want to laugh too. I think it's also true that when you're with other people who are hugging, it makes you want to be hugged and hug other people. So go out and just start hugging random strangers and, and see if they start hugging each other. Okay? Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Let's be aware of all the things that are going on in this very busy season of church life as we ramp up to the celebration of Easter. First of all, this coming Saturday, the 1st of April, we will have our annual Egg extravaganza where we retell in a cooperative sort of way the story of Easter as well as have breakfast and celebrate with lots of games and activities outside. Children of all ages are welcome to come. That's at 9 o'clock Saturday. Next Sunday evening on the 2nd, we will have our spring concert. This choir, supplemented by a whole lot of other folks who just kind of crash in and want to sing for some reason, will be joined by an orchestra as we are doing portions of the Rutter and Fauré Requiems. That's at 7 o'clock next Sunday evening. Then on Thursday evening of that week, Monday Thursday on the 6th, we will gather here at 7 o'clock for worship. We we will celebrate the institution of the Lord's Supper as well as celebrate the death of Christ on the cross in our tenebrae service. Easter, we will have three worship services. The first will be outside at 7 o'clock in the morning, a contemporary version of Easter worship. And then at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, we will be here in the sanctuary. You will see in the pew racks this morning, dedication forms for the Easter lilies that will be here with us on Easter. If you'd like to be sure that you recognize and uh, honor or memorialize someone by the gift of an Easter lily, take that form and check out the directions on it and fill it out. Tomorrow evening we have a special guest speaker with us at seven o'clock courtesy of our Stephen ministry speaking about anxiety. So if you have been anxious, if you know someone who might be anxious, if you'd simply like to learn more about the spiritual resources for dealing with anxiety, we invite you to come at seven o'clock tomorrow evening to learn more about it. We are receiving an offering uh, in this season of life to help build a new well for the Elma Barnett Center in Kenya. Their well has dried up and we want to make sure that they continue to have water. It will be dedicated as the Farley well when our team goes to Kenya later on in the summer. And then finally, let me mention that this week you are going to receive a special email from me that will contain within it a questionnaire. And we would urge you to take a few moments of life to fill out that questionnaire and get it back to us. We are going through another cycle of planning for the future ministries of our church, and we'd love to hear from everyone in the broader life of our congregation about your thoughts, ideas, dreams, visions, inspiration, and hopes for the future of our church. So pay attention to that email as it comes, and be sure uh, to get it back to us as you fill out that form. Let me invite all of those who are being commissioned this morning as Stephen ministers, please, to join me now here on the chancel. The brothers and sisters standing before us today have been equipped to serve as Stephen ministers. In their ministry, they will offer their Christian love through listening, comforting, encouraging, and being present with those who find themselves in particularly challenging seasons of life. Today, we have the privilege of commissioning them to their ministry. Their work is inspired by this wisdom from the second letter to the Corinthians. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Friends, Each of you has found comfort by God with the good news of Jesus, and each of you has dedicated significant time and energy in growing in your ability to serve others, to offer them this same blessing from God. As Jesus took the burdens of the world on his shoulders and has been a friend to you in troubled times, we now ask you to care for those who are burdened and troubled. So now I ask you to respond to these commissioning vows. Are you prepared to respond when the church calls upon you to stand with someone in need of your ministry? If so, respond yes with the help of God. Yes with the help of God. Are you prepared to nurture the skills you have been given by God to support encourage and build up and comfort people in their need? If so, respond yes with the help of God. God. Are you prepared to serve as Stephen ministers within the community life of this congregation? If so, respond yes with the the help of God. To the congregation, Do you, the members of this church, open your hearts to the ministry of these sisters and brothers, and will you pray for them, will you accept their ministry, and will you encourage them as they serve us in ministries of compassion and care? If so, respond yes with the help of God. Yes, Yes, with the help of God. Friends, I declare that now you are commissioned as Stephen ministers. Be blessed with these words taken from the scriptures. May you share Christ's abundant love with others so that they and you may grow in wholeness. May the peace of God free you from the burdens of this life and enable you to share God's love with others. May you find strength for your ministry and life from the one who gives you life and the one who is your salvation. May you go out into the world in peace, have courage, Love and serve the Lord through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Join me in prayer. O God, we ask you to take our sisters and brothers into your care, to bless them with every good gift that they will need for their ministry. Help them to be quick to serve, patient in listening, strengthened by joy, and always thankful for your call on their lives. Bless us all with their ministry on your behalf. Through Christ Jesus we pray. Amen. Just as these friends in the life of this church have offered their particular gifts and skills to the ministry of Christ, so too we all have the opportunity, using the blessings with which God has blessed us, to contribute to the life of the church and to the life of Jesus' service in the whole world. And so now as this next musical piece is being performed, I invite you to bring your financial gifts and offerings to the front and to place them in the baskets on either side. And in that way to signify your willingness to respond to God's call in your life. God bless. Thank you all.
2: Rejected became the corner stone of a whole new world. The stone that the builders rejected. The stone that the builders rejected. The stone that the builders rejected, the the builders rejected became the corner stone of a whole new
3: world. A grain of wheat may be knocked to the ground and suffer through the winter's cold
1: Please be seated. I would invite you to take a moment and clear your mind. Prepare to have a conversation with God. Let's go to God in prayer. Creator God, you who made the morning and you pulled back the heavy curtain of night, you who sent the very first songbird to beckon us, into the fresh smell of a brand new day. Such a wild love, Lord. There is no place, no language, a word billowing enough for the pleasure that fills us as the sun reaches out and warms us. And so we have to ask God, how is it possible that you would love this world so deeply that every single dawn is a new possibility for good. You are so perfectly giving of hope. You are so eternally determined that we will live into your plan for our potential. You never waver in your shimmering faithfulness. Your promises, never broken, nourish our hungry souls. So let us, God, compel us, Lord, shake us, Holy Spirit, to grab a fistful of grace and go into the world with love. Lost as we feel, O God, there is no better compass than compassion. And we find ourselves not by being the most seen, but the most seeing. So it is with no small amount of trepidation that we ask you, let us see with your eyes. Let us see that our world is not carved into shapes with borders and uniforms that exempt us from caring for each other. Try as we might not to see, draw us to look deeply into the eyes of one another And God, guide us to link arms with those in the frozen nighttime streets when the earth shook and ravaged, stealing the present moment and twisting the future. Empower us, Holy One, to be present to those even today who have fallen victim to the the fury of the wind and help us to discern loneliness and a starving soul as acutely as we discern a malnourished newborn. We ask that you would allow the words of the poet Lord to remind us that because the world is round, there is no way to walk away from each other. For even then we are coming back together. And we ask that you would unleash in us a desire to be free to give of ourselves in whatever way you deem the very best way. We trust you. We believe this is your will, O God, that we love one another and see one another and care for one another. And so we ask that this would be our direction, our vocation, our avocation, our mandate, our motto. Hear us, O God, as we lift these things up and as we lift up the prayer that your Son taught us when praying to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts
3: reading from the Book of Lamentations. I am one who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Against me alone, he turns his hand again and again, all day long. He has made my flesh and my skin waste away and broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He has made me sit in darkness like the dead of long ago. He has walled me about so that I cannot escape. He has put heavy chains on me, though I call and cry for help. He shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my ways with hewn stones. He has made my paths crooked. The thought of my affliction and my homelessness is wormwood and gall. My soul continually thinks of it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. And now, a reading from the letter to the Ephesians. So then, remember that at one time, you Gentiles by birth called the uncircumcision by those who are called the circumcision, a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands Remember that you were at one time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is, the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, both of us have access in one spirit to the Father, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. The word of the Lord.
2: Thanks be to God.
0: Years and years ago, I remember walking into one of those little shops that sells candles and knick-knacks and little statues and plaques and all that kind of stuff and has all kinds of smells coming out, sweet syrupy kinds of things, you know, jasmine and lilac and rose and all that. Do you know the kind of shop I'm talking about? Kind of a little touristy area? Well, when you walk into a shop like that, you start looking around and you see all these, these plaques and sayings and stuff that you can take home that say all sorts of wonderful, wonderful things. You know, God has love you. My grandchildren are prettier than your grandchildren. Things like that, right? Well, there's one particular plaque that I never buy very much in stores like that, but there's one that I, I remember bringing home. I think I still have it with me. It said, one day, When I was sad and lonely and without a friend, a small voice came to me saying, cheer up, things could be worse. So I cheered up, and sure enough, things got worse. (laughs) That was the only honest plaque in that whole store. Today's the fifth Sunday in Lent. We are... In that season of preparing for the burst of joy that is Easter, but we're preparing by looking very hard at some of the hardest things of life. We have been looking in particular at one historical experience in the life of the Jews, what we call the Babylonian Exile that point in Jewish history when the entire nation was obliterated and all of the important and powerful people were taken off to a 70-year exile in Babylon. We've been using that one historical experience that so profoundly shaped those particular people and everyone who's come after them. We've been looking at that one experience as a way of looking at all of the exilic experiences of life. There are all kinds of exiles, after all. There is the actual definition of exile itself, when someone is driven or taken from their homeland. We have people in this congregation who have experienced that literal kind of exile. But there are many forms of exile in the world. In a sense, there is the virtual exile of being pushed to the edges, marginalized by society because of who you are or who you are not. We've talked about personal forms of exile being separated from others by the circumstances of life. We've talked about how God gives us resources for coping with exile as he calls us to thrive wherever we are. But today I want to come back to a discussion of exile that brings in a conversation about God himself and us in relationship to God and then us in relationship with each other. It is very true and very profound that we cannot talk about exile in any sense, or the pain or suffering that comes from it, without talking about our exile from God and the resultant exile that we experience with each other. What is that kind of exile about? It takes many different forms, and and you know, You know what this experience is. Exile is being cut off from a relationship. A relationship with those whom you have loved and known. A relationship with God. Relationships are destroyed by our sin, our blindness, our disbelief, our pride. We are cut off from God because of those things and... Because of those same things, we are exiled from each other. What that looks like takes many forms. And again, you know what it looks like. When you are cut off from others, whether it be God or other people, communication ends. There is no communication. You don't talk to them, they don't talk to you. You don't talk to God, and you don't listen to God. Sometimes when you're in exile, you feel like you are being punished. That was the experience of the Jews. And indeed, you are suffering from the loss of an important relationship. Exile can be caused simply when we misunderstand each other, when we don't really know what's going on inside the other person, or when we don't really know what's going on inside God. Exile can take on overtones of apathy. We just don't care. Exile requires, in order for it to be overcome, an expenditure of time and energy and emotion. Exile results when we do not spend time, energy, emotion to invest in a relationship with either God or others. Exile can happen when we have done something to someone that hurts them or when something has been done to us that hurts us. All of those things are part of what it means to have a dysfunctional or destroyed relationship that is exile itself. One of the most painful forms of exile comes because of the loss of something that has been important to us. Do you notice how you don't miss people who aren't important to you in the first place? But you do miss those who are now separated from you, who have been important to you, whom you have loved and embraced and included as part of your life. One of the most Excruciating forms of exile is when we have felt close to God, but then, for whatever reasons of circumstance, we move away from God. All of this pain and suffering and negativity, we might call it, is actually real and it's actually discussed in one of the least read, least studied, least preached books of the Bible. Lamentations. How many of you have memorized lots of portions of lamentations? Oh, who would want to do that? Right? Who would want to do that? And yet there it is in the scriptures, and yet there it is expressing things that we know all too well are true of life. The book of Lamentations itself is a collection of psalms, songs, prayers written by the Jews after the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians in 587 and during the time that they were taken away into exile. It is not happy, clappy stuff. And therefore, we choose to turn away from it. But we cannot do that if we're going to be honest about life and if we're going to be serious about embracing all that life brings to us in the hope that God can do something with it. And so let's dwell for a moment with some of the words of the prayer that Margot just read for us. Words like affliction, darkness, brokenness, wasting away, bitterness, tribulation, besieged like the dead, walled up, heavy chains, shut out, homeless. Those words rarely find their way onto the happy, clappy plaques in the sweet and smelly stores. (laughs) The prayer is summarized with this one phrase that should terrify you. My soul is bowed down. My very being, my very self is laid low by all that has happened. One way of understanding the experience of exile is to talk about it as being separated from God that results in a profound loneliness Of the soul. Now, the people of Israel began to learn over their hundreds and hundreds of years of history that when they turned away from God, they got what they wanted. They said, God, we don't want you in our lives, and so God said, okay. But there is nothing more terrifying than the absence of God because the result is our suffering our loneliness, our fear, our dread. Now, the Jews also had come to understand over their history, and especially through the history of the exile and then the return to Israel. They had also come to see that their suffering, that the pain of life, that the destruction and disaster that befalls us all is not the last word And so this prayer turns to perhaps the only portion of lamentations that any of you have ever memorized or that any of us ever focus on, the fact that God's love is steadfast. It is never ceasing. It is new every morning. I don't know if you felt that jolt in the reading of that scripture, but you should have. It is introduced with what I have often said is one of the most important words in Scripture, a word that when you come across it, you should pay very close attention to what's going on, the word but. My soul is bowed down. My bones are crushed. My very being is afflicted with suffering, but the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Even though it seems that God has taken his attention away from me, that God has punished me, I still know that God loves me. And I realize that I am the one who has turned away from God. Therefore, I will claim God's love. I will claim God's favor. And therefore, I will have hope. The lamenter remembers his history, the history of his people, a history not only of exile but also of restoration, a history of continued life even in Babylon, a history of life again in Israel. You and I have more to go on than just that history, though. As part of our history, we look to that point in history when God said more, when God did more, when God appeared among us in the person of Jesus, moving directly into the pain and suffering and dysfunction of this world. What did Jesus actually do? Well, in Jesus' life and death and resurrection, He said to us and he modeled for us and he accomplished for us the healing of that chasm, the restoration of that bond between us and God. He destroyed the walls between us and God by forgiving our sin, by dying for our sin, By saying to us once again that not even our sin can separate us from God. Not even our death can separate us from God. Nothing in heaven or hell can separate us from God. That's what was going on in Jesus' life and death and resurrection. The breach between us and God was finally healed in a way that we could understand. Now we still can turn our backs on God. We still can say, God, get out of my life, and God will honor our request because God loves us and let us feel what it's like for a while to have a life without God. But God always appears again to say, Look at what I did for you. God comes back to us as we invite God to come to us in our repentance and then in his forgiveness and renewal that brings to us faith and hope and trust and love for God and also for other people. The healing of exile is really the restoration of a relationship with God and with other people, a relationship that overcomes what some have described as the ultimate loneliness. When you think about it in life, it is the loneliness that ultimately takes us from God. Mother Teresa once said that the most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. As I have lived through life, as I have listened and learned from others, as I have studied the history of faithfulness that is available to us all as we read about the history of those who have loved God, we learn this. We learn that people can survive anything and they can survive everything when they know that they are not alone. Now, what do we do with all of this? I'm always interested not in whether or not you don't fall asleep during my sermon on Sunday morning, but for a couple of you, it's a bother, it's a pain. What I'm mostly interested in is what you do with this theological information, with this spiritual proclamation. What do you do with it when you leave this place? Well, we've had one wonderful demonstration of what you do with all of this, as we received and commissioned new Stephen Ministers today. Stephen Ministers are folks who have been trained further in developing their gifts and skills at helping people overcome loneliness. All a Stephen Minister really is is a person who comes alongside someone else in a particularly difficult period of life to listen. Not to solve problems, but to listen. And in listening, to remind people of what they already know, that God loves them, and they experience God's love as they experience the love of one other person. I'm old and I've seen a lot of life, so this is incontrovertible proof now, because I've seen it. (laughs) I've noticed that the people in life who are not lonely... And who are getting through whatever life has thrown at them are the people who have given themselves to other people. It's very difficult to be lonely if you love other people and do something about that love. Much of the loneliness that we feel is, is because we have not established relationships with others, especially with God. Now, it's true that we can often feel lonely even though we're surrounded by people, but ultimately if we reach out to other people to listen to them, to love them, to encourage and strengthen them, we will receive the same back, not just from them, but from God. I don't know if it's just a, a function of age or if it's just the way my mind has always worked. I think it's the way my mind has always worked that I often discover deep theological truth in things that are supposedly not theological at all. And as I've been writing this sermon, I've been thinking about two very powerful songs from my youth. One was by James Taylor, the other one was sung by Neil Diamond. Think about that just a minute. You know the songs. James Taylor would sing about the fact that when you're down and troubled and you need a helping hand and nothing is going right, close your eyes and think of me and I will be there to brighten up even your darkest nights. You just call out my name and you know wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. Winter, spring, summer or fall, baby, all you've got to do is call and I'll be there. You've got a friend. Could you guys just do that real quick for us? It's a little more complicated than I want to try out. Yeah, yeah, there we go. No? Okay. Well, maybe you'll try this one. Neil Diamond, right? Neil Diamond. The road is long with many a winding turn that leads us to who knows where. But I'm strong, strong enough to carry him. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Bad grammar fantastic theology friends the secret of survival when it comes to the loneliness engendered by our exile from God and others is no secret at all all we do is reach out to another and in reaching out to another we also are reaching out to God when you love and serve another you will find that God awaits you there That's what Jesus did for us. That's his example to us. All we have to do is follow. Amen.
1: Friends, in light of the word that has been spoken, the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been made, let's stand together and affirm our faith. and sits on the right hand of god the father almighty from there he shall come to judge the quick and the dead i believe in the holy spirit the holy catholic church the communion of saints the forgiveness of sins the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting amen
0: of you often engage in conversation with me through email and text about the things that I'm preaching, and one of you wrote to me not long ago, that as far as you're concerned, the antidote or the solution to exile is reunion. And think about it. It is. Reunion Now, I know you dread going to a family reunion because you're going to be reunited with all those family members that you can't stand, but you might just love some of them. That's really what heaven is. It's a vision of reunion, isn't it, Nina? Bask in the love that God has shown you as he has reunited you with himself in his son, and then bring others into the circle too. One day there will be no exile. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit bless and be with you today and always let God's people say so that God can hear it way up in heaven. Amen.